Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode 298. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Off-Road Andy. Hello. And Tony Katz. Yes, hello. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button, share with a friend, and check out our entertainment podcast right after this. Got a lot of stuff to get to. Uh, we're going to kick things off with the uh, glorious World Cup in Qatar or Qatar, whichever you call it. Doesn't matter, I guess. No, it does not. And one thing we know for sure is people will not be drunk trying to say the name as they are not selling alcohol at these venues. Good God. I know. That sounds awful. I've seen a lot of good memes about it, but. Yeah, I think it's just best to pretend it's not played there and just kind of try to enjoy it because if you think about it too much, it sucks. But I mean, who goes yeah. to these anyway? You know, I've never been to an I'm Olympics. surprised how many how many people from like Wales went there. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is going on? I, like, I, I would have zero interest with it being in yeah. Qatar. If it was somewhere cool, then they, yeah, that would be awesome. But Qatar, I just don't. I don't know. But uh, speaking- it's like a fake country. <clears throat> I looked it up. It's like 50 miles wide. They had to build like six of the stadiums <laughs> that they didn't even exist when they uh, did this. Well, and one of the cities didn't exist. They built a new city. Yeah, I think like 30 people died making this. I think more than that. They, they set the <laughs> record. They, they spent $220 billion. Yeah. The next closest was like, I don't even, like $16 billion or like, I don't know, something like way, I think way the less. previous ones have been like two, one. Yeah, yeah. The, the U.S. World Cup, all the stadiums already built. That was part of the bid was like, okay. Well, yeah, we have infrastructure. We have SoFi and we have like MetLife Stadium. And I think, I don't even know what the hell's over there. Yeah, but uh, anyway, speaking of the USA, that was, uh, they actually the first game that opened up, I guess, was Qatar and Ecuador. And Qatar did lose 2-0. And there was a lot of rumors that had been swirling the internet about uh, Ecuador players were, were, were getting bribed by some... Qatar people to uh, have that uh, have them throw the game so it would look like so the Qatar could look good and win their home opener and yada yada but uh, that didn't end up happening as Ecuador did win two to zero but uh, the games we care about the most or at least the game we care about the most out here was United States and Wales USA looked pretty good and they scored in the first half got up one zero and then Late in the game, like I believe it was like the 81st minute or something, uh, they got a penalty, and then one of the better players that's played in the last like 15 years, Gareth Bale, scored the equalizer, tied it at one, and that ended up being the final. So, uh, yeah, it was like not even two weeks ago that uh, Bale um, had the game winner for the LAFC <laughs> in yeah. MLS. So um, it's funny they're saying like, oh, some of these some of these people are his teammates on. Uh, <laughs> the LAFC. So, um, yeah, it was a bad. It was a, a bad decision to commit the penalty uh, against a guy who's can make penalty kicks very easily. Uh, so, yeah, very disappointing that they probably should have came away with the win, but just didn't. Well, the thing with soccer though too is <clears throat> it doesn't matter who gets fouled; anybody's allowed to take the penalty. Yeah. So that's I mean, what he's okay. But yeah, he, he was so, the guy, anyways. Oh, he was okay. But like, just yeah. for people out there that didn't know that, because it's not like basketball where. You know, right? You yeah. get, you know, you can't always have Steph Curry take your free throws, but uh, yeah, they tied one one, and then the other two teams in their group are England and Iran, and England handled them six to two. And as we know, Iran's had a lot of distractions going on, but I mean, England is the much better team, and that's who the USA plays, I believe, this Friday. So yes, that's gonna be big because I think honestly, if USA can muster a tie against them, and then you go and beat Iran, that should be enough to move on, but. Yeah, how is that going to work? Because let's say Wales beats Iran two nothing, and US beats Iran two nothing. Well, then England, I think, will beat Wales. That's what you got to hope for. Because they still have to play, also. Yeah, yeah. But so, then let's say. So I think if USA, you know, wins and then can get a tie against England, that's yeah, which seems four unlikely, more points. Right? And then if Wales beats Iran and then loses, saying, what to if England, they what if they have the identical outcomes all around? <laughs> Then I think in that situation, it goes by, I don't know Committee. if it goes by head to head or no, it goes either by head to head or goal difference. I know, but I mean, what if the, oh, I those are the okay, same? Then, like, I don't I, know how they, then honestly, I don't, I don't remember. I don't recall. <laughs> it, it go, it's, they have I'm just like, what if it's the same results all, all the way around? They play rock, paper, scissors in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Everybody plays everybody. They line up, they play a game of flip cup, <laughs> but, uh, and then speaking of another tie, Poland played uh, Mexico today 
and uh zero zero game, which wasn't the only zero zero game of the day. And this is why people hate soccer. <laughs> they watch a game for 90 plus minutes to see it go end zero zero and they just don't understand it. And you're yeah. gonna see that a lot in the World Cup because yeah, there's a lot of good goal scores, but there's a lot of good defense as well. And sometimes it's like uh with the uh the US game, I believe you know, the Wales goalie didn't have a save until like the very, very end of the game. Like he wasn't even involved. Like he allowed the one goal, but so he never actually was like involved in any other play. And actually Mexico's goalie, speaking of goalies, saved a penalty kick in like the 58th minute today against one of the elite world-class goal scorers, uh, Robert Lewandowski. So that was, that was impressive. And that, if you remember from like a couple world cups ago, the, the Mexico goalkeeper Ochoa is actually pretty good. And I remember he helped Mexico get to like, was it like the quarterfinals or something like two World Cup, like the 2016 World Cup? They, they made a good run. They were respectable. And uh, anyway, they tie 1-1. But in the other game in that group, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, everybody thought Argentina would get the nice, easy victory this morning. They played at 2 a.m. Pacific time in the United States. And Argentina loses 2-1 to Saudi Arabia. And it was the biggest upset in World Cup history, Saudi Arabia to win the game was plus 2,300. So 23 to 1 odds. A $100 bet on Saudi Arabia to win today would have made you $2,300. That is wild. And Argentina got up 1-0 in about the first 10 minutes with a penalty to Messi. They were up 1-0 at the half. And then I think I saw that Saudi Arabia scored two goals in like five minutes in the second half and never looked back. And they caught... Argentina sleeping. Argentina went into halftime and up one nothing. Clearly didn't care, and I think they they definitely caught them off guard, and then they weren't able to equalize or anything. So that's pretty much the big uh, the big start so far to the World Cup. We got a uh, you know four more games tomorrow. You got a uh, Croatia versus Morocco, and then you've got Germany and Japan, and then you've got uh, Belgium plays Canada, and then Spain and Croatia. So four and more games on uh, Wednesday. By the time you guys are listening to this, uh, those games will be either going on or will have concluded. But uh, nonetheless, World Cup, it's exciting times. So uh, keep your eye on that if you're a, a soccer fan or just a fan of the World Cup. A lot of people that aren't soccer fans are fans of the World Cup. So, yeah. And uh, Thanksgiving is not a worldwide holiday, so they are uh, definitely playing games on Thanksgiving as well. Yeah. Oh, there's like five. No, four games. It's four games on every day here. And that'll be Switzerland, Cameroon, Uruguay, South Korea, not North Korea. They couldn't make it this season. Uh, Portugal versus Ghana, which is, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo. And then the favorites, Brazil, against a team that I'd watch out for, Serbia. Serbia is a fun team. They're a good team. They've got one of the best goal scorers in the world, too, that nobody probably knows about. His name's uh, Mitrovic. Very good goal scorer. Uh, he's in the Premier League right now, up there in like the top like five in goal scorers, and uh, very talented player. So, watch for that name in uh, the three games that Serbia plays. And yeah, I think that'll yeah. So if Bills um, Lions is a shitty game, you can just hop on over. Yeah, uh, yeah. Check that one out. Yeah, if, if it's if Bills are up big at halftime, that'll be right around the time Brazil and Serbia are kicking off. So, should be a nice, fun Thanksgiving. I think we're all excited for. Uh, Thanksgiving, a day of enjoying a lot of sports and a lot of good memories. <laughs> All righty. What do we got up next? Should we move things over to the NBA? Yeah, yeah a, a couple quick things here. Um, I've been uh, surprised by the Western Conference standings. So yeah, every we week about Utah <laughs> still in first place. And every did. week we say they're not going to be there much longer. And every yeah. week here they are still. But it's getting closer. But uh, I think what's notable is wow, the it's really close. top 10 teams are separated by two games total. Wow. So the Utah Jazz at 12 and 7, the number one seed. Minnesota Timberwolves at 9 and 8, the number 10 seed. So, yeah, like the Clippers, seems like they had a disappointing season. They're a half game out of first place after winning last night. Um, it's kind of crazy. And then uh, the other big thing is that the Lakers have won three in a row now. So they're Ooh. still bad. Ooh. They're still five and ten. Very good. Um, but but also only five games out of the number one seed. Yeah, so, I mean, come on. They've all been without LeBron. But if you remember, the Lakers have one of the best players in the NBA on their roster that people kind of forgot about. And um, he showed up again this year. Uh, Anthony Davis 
27 and 13 uh, in November so far and shooting like 60% from the field. Uh, the guy is really good at basketball. He just needs to stay on the court. So uh, he has over this little streak they have, though. So uh, I don't know. Good sign. But uh, good to see him out there playing well again because he's not like 38 or something. He's he's still young and he should still have a good career ahead of him uh, going forward. So, yeah. You know, I've been saying this for a long time, just really quickly, that the West – the West was always has always been the better conference overall from top to bottom, especially the last you know decade. But I've been saying that a lot of those teams that were slowly at the bottom were starting to get better and better, and that's why you're starting to see Sacramento Kings, Memphis Grizzlies, Minnesota, even a little bit. You know those type of teams that are competitive now, and this really doesn't surprise me that you know it's a 20 game sample size. So you know it'll, this will be even more shocking if come another 20 games, it's still this close, but it's it's getting very competitive from, you know, 12, you could say 12, 13 teams are, are, you know, pretty competitive. And with that said, it's like, you know, everybody does start to beat everybody. And then that's what makes it hard for there to be like a clear cut, you know, top, you know, three, four or anything like that, because it's just from one through 11, as we're seeing right here, it's just all very good teams. I mean, I think we can safely say the Rockets, Spurs, and Thunder, in my opinion, are the three that we can really count out. But, you know, we'll see if the Lakers get it together. Probably not, but you never know. And then Golden State, the defending champs, you got to figure they'll get it together. And I think, I, you know, I could see the Kings falling at some point, but I mean, I think they can stay competitive. And then truthfully, all the other teams, when they're healthy, the Jazz, the Suns, the Nuggets, the Clippers, you know, Pelicans have talent. What the Grizzlies did last year, Portland looks good again. And then Dallas and Minnesota. I mean, those are all worthy teams that can, in my opinion, make a Western Conference finals run. So, yeah, this this is what I'd like to see with the playoffs or in the playoff picture and like what it's looking like it's going to shape out to be because that's what makes the playoffs exciting. And that's just my opinion on that, on the West. I don't know how the East is shaping up, but I can't imagine it's very well. I think two, it's like the two opposite. Dominant teams, yeah, basically. Bucks and Celtics, probably the two best teams. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh you can see quite a difference there when uh their number 10 team is eight and nine. But I mean it's actually it's a one game difference. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> like I said, big difference. Alrighty. So what do we got? Uh what do we got on top next? College basketball. Oh, from the big boys to the younger boys, yeah. to the littler boys. So we actually uh it started more than a week ago. We didn't really cover it last week. Uh but uh, the big like Thanksgiving time tournaments happened, um, some bigger than others. A lot, a lot of big games in the early part of the season. Uh, but one of them was the, the Continental Tire main event uh, in Las Vegas. Um, a, good, a good little foursome there. Uh, Virginia, Illinois, Baylor, and UCLA. Uh, UCLA got fourth place. They lost both games to uh, Illinois and then Baylor. Uh, Virginia won, won the tournament, uh, being Baylor in the first round, then Illinois in the final. Um, but yeah, not, not great for UCLA. They were started as a top 10 team. I think they're now dropped to like 16th or something around there. Um, but yeah, there's, they still got some, a mix of veteran players and some new freshmen. So I was hopeful that they can uh, turn around, still be like a, a competitive team. Um, and then Gonzaga lost early, um, but then beat Kentucky pretty handily uh, in a game already. So Gonzaga's already played a couple uh, big matchups. They lost to Texas and then beat Kentucky at home so um yeah just early early going um people like me have not turned their focus towards college basketball at all yet I have not as well I have not either uh, just like let the other college season end first and then you can start looking into it but uh it is happening there are games out there you know a few years ago I was really big on college basketball I loved watching it I loved quite frankly I loved betting on it and stuff but I knew a lot of the players and everything like that and then it was going into that COVID year that never was I remember it being just a lot more boring that year. Like it didn't, there was, I don't know if you remember about that season, but there wasn't like a big clear cut top team. Like there was, I think there was like 10, like not even an exaggeration. I think there was like throughout the season, like 10 different number ones or something like it just, you know, switched off so much. And that's why it was kind of like, wow, this is going to be actually a close tournament, which never ended up happening. But I just never really got into college basketball as much anymore. And I've just become one of those guys that it's like, I'm just a March Madness guy now. I'll just make my, one or two brackets and have fun with that and hope that that goes well. But uh, 
So I still I still will watch college basketball in March. I love it in March, but I'm just not watching it the way I used to, unfortunately. It's just been uh as I've gotten farther and farther away from these college guys' ages, I'm just not just not as interested in college basketball anymore. And uh yeah. I don't know about you guys. I don't know if you guys watch I don't know if Sean watches college basketball at all. Not yet. I don't really start until the madness begins. Yeah, and I'm becoming that way as well. It's like the World Cup. Everybody tunes into the madness. Everybody tunes into the World Cup, even if they don't watch it throughout the the year. Yeah, tournaments are fun. That's just a, a yeah the nature of it. So yeah. Alrighty, what do we uh, got next? We're gonna talk some NHL. Ooh, yeah, some NHL. This will just be a. Uh, we don't really touch on NHL too much, and I mean we will as the season gets progresses later on, or if there is any crazy news. And a couple things did catch my attention. One of them being our uh, local Anaheim Ducks. So the Anaheim Ducks have played 19 games this season. And they have 11 points. And you can get points in uh, hockey by winning. uh, You get two points for a win, whether it's a regulation win or an overtime win. And then if you just go into overtime, even if you lose in overtime or you lose in the shootout, you still get one point. So the Ducks have five wins. And they have one overtime loss. So that's where the odd number of points comes in. But here's the exciting thing about it. All five of the Ducks wins have come in either overtime or a shootout. So in 19 games this season, the Ducks have not won a single game in regulation. And to break that down even further, that means every single game the Ducks have played this year, their opponent has gotten at least a point. So everybody that's played the Ducks has gotten a point because they've either won the game or they've lost in overtime or a shootout, which gives you one point and just very bad. I mean, I knew they were going to be bad, but this is honestly to not have a single regulation win through almost 20 games is pretty remarkable. That's hard to do. Even the teams that are like, you know, the worst of the worst still at least can muster a win in regulation here and there. But you know, we'll we'll see. And they they have a couple of young, talented guys. They got Zegras, they got Terry. You know, it's not even like they're putting together like a, a throwing an AHL team out there every night, but pretty pathetic. And then on the flip side, in the East Coast, the New Jersey Devils are quite the opposite, as the New Jersey Devils have won 13 games in a row. Very impressive. And crazy. that is crazy. And that puts their overall record at 16 wins and three losses. And Another team, while we're just touching on it really quick, having a very good season is the Boston Bruins, who have won seven games in a row and are 17 and two on the season. So those two teams are looking really well. And I looked at their schedules. They don't play each other until like, I think, December 23rd. So chances are the Devils' streak will be over by then. But uh, and I wanted to point that out because the New Jersey Devils actually play the Toronto Maple Leafs on Wednesday. And that should be a good game. The Toronto Maple Leafs are. Uh, a, a good team themselves. And uh, they've got, you know, the guy that led the league in goals last year in Austin Matthews. They're off to a 10 wins, five loss, five overtime loss start. So if they go into overtime, it doesn't look promising for them, but that should be a fun game tomorrow. And I imagine that'll be the, should be the highlighted TV game. I would think tomorrow. Cause I'm think typically on Wednesday nights has always been hockey night. So that game should be on TV, but if not, then uh, keep your eyes out for it. See if the Devils can make it 14 in a row. And yeah, that's just our quick little hockey touch-up. And like I said, anytime there's something exciting, we'll bring the news to you. Or especially when playoffs come around, we can at least talk briefly about it. We always touch up on the uh, playoff sports when they're going on. So we like to keep everybody knowing what's going on in the four major sports, even if we don't discuss it too much during the actual season plus these are long seasons these guys have like 60 games left speaking of long seasons let's talk about uh baseball oh yeah that is the longest yeah we're in the uh the baseball off season now nothing nothing really big happened but i got a couple things here uh first thing is cody bellinger was non-tendered by the dodgers meaning they did not offer him uh, a contract at all he is a complete free agent and it's the right move but it is a little sad, um, especially as looking back at the the 2017 World Series team. Um, it's almost all gone. Um, they had this really young core of players like Bellinger and Corey Seager, Jock Peterson, Kike Hernandez. Um, they're all gone. The only players left 
I mean, also they uh, they declined the option on Justin Turner, another right move, but you know, sad. But he's he's old. Would, would Jansen have been a young guy on that team too at the time? He would have been a veteran, but he would have been yeah. like twenty seven or something. Um, so, but I'm talking about these guys that were like under twenty five. They had a bunch of them. Um, was Walker Bueller on that? He didn't play in the playoffs, but he was he was the next year. Um, Yasmani Grandal, another one who was oh. I think he was like twenty six or something. Um, they just have let these guys go over time. Um, they've definitely been active in free agency, but like they've come a long way that they're, they're really, their core now is Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, uh, which is, you know, completely different players than when they first uh, started making world series here. So, uh, it's just, it's a little sad that it's just like, well, it didn't, it didn't work out. They brought all these guys up from minor leagues and they're not going to be longtime Dodgers. They're always, uh, be on our hearts, but, <laughs> Um, that like experience of like a Derek Jeter who plays 20 something years for the same team. Uh, doesn't look like the Dodgers are going to have that with any other position players. Uh, although Kershaw has now played 15 years now for the same team. So that's, that's nice to have, but yeah, from, from that 2017 world series team, I think it's Kershaw, Chris Taylor and Austin Barnes, the backup catcher are the only people left. Um, and somehow trace Thompson if they bring him back. Uh, but he had a long absence from the team. Um, but yeah, just a just a little sad, but um, it'll be interesting to see if he could turn his career around at all. Because just I don't know what happens. MVP three years ago and just can't even hit two hundred anymore. What do you think would be a good landing spot for him? There was a rumor about Toronto uh, was going to give him. I mean, the, the whole thing is if the Dodgers were going to keep him, he'd win like twenty million dollars in arbitration or something like that, which is like he's just not worth it. Um, he'll probably get like a one year. Four million dollar deal somewhere else. Yeah, it could be nothing. Via see if you can do anything, and then come back the next year and get a get a bigger deal. But um, the other news is uh, that the big free agent this offseason is Aaron Judge, and uh, he already rejected the Dodgers' offer. So when the Dodgers, uh, they don't have many outfielders on on the roster right now. So there was a rumor that they're they're going to go all in on Aaron Judge, and the, the thing I saw was they offered him a contract worth over two hundred million dollars. And he said, no, thanks. Um, what does he want? Probably he wants like he wants the, to flirt with like 400, doesn't he? He said the Yankees have already offered like 350 or something. Oh, so I, I don't know what the years are on it. The Dodgers have done this with a lot of big free agents. The, been like the Dodgers would probably go like 200 for like four years or yeah, something. They've, they've, they've done that a few times. They did that with Trevor Bauer and that backfired horribly. <laughs> um, like, we'll give you a ton of money, but on a short deal. Um, and now he is meeting uh, with the San Francisco Giants, which are. Kind of his hometown team. He's from Fresno. I just think that would be um, a mistake, just because of the ballpark. Aaron Judge. Hit, yeah, like, I know. I, I, you know, it's you got to go to a park where. But he was a, he was a good all around player this year. No, I know, but it's what made him exciting. Like people know him now for like the sixty three yeah. home runs or the sixty two home runs, whatever he ended up with. They're not going to know him for, you know, the going to San Francisco and hitting like thirty five home runs now, or maybe like he's not going to be hitting him in the Bay either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's going to have to be the. But I mean, hey, to each throw. I mean, he, that means he will go. He'll will get a lot of games in San Diego, though, I guess, yep. and Arizona, which are kind of hitters' park. So, well, um, again, that's he didn't sign with them. No, I know. He's yeah. meeting with them. Yeah, so meeting. We'll, we'll see. But uh, they are the, I'd say at least the second favorites behind the Yankees. I think it's still probably likely he resigns with them. But. Yeah, I wonder if there's. Yeah, yeah. So that's it for uh, baseball. There, um, yeah, right, probably more uh, more signings will trickle in. Let's shift gears and talk about college football. Yeah. Um, big week. Exciting week. Dramatic week. Um, Georgia won again. So they clinched uh, their conference um, undefeated in their conference again. They will play LSU for, for the SEC title game uh, on December 3rd. So that matchup is already set in stone. Um, Ohio State, Michigan. They both won. They both won close. Uh, Michigan maybe probably should have lost to Illinois. Uh, but now they are both undefeated heading into the big game. I think that's Friday, right? Uh, Saturday. Um, it is Saturday at 9 a.m. Okay, I thought they moved. Okay. Yeah, Michigan and uh, Ohio Sometimes State. I think they play on Friday. But. I believe it's 9 a.m. on uh, okay. Saturday. Yeah, I'll confirm. But, uh, I mean, that'll be the that'll be a big one. So, uh, yes, yeah. 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Saturday. Yeah, and it'll be interesting. Is that truly an elimination game? Because we'll, we'll have to get into that. I'm going to. I'm glad on. you wanted to talk about that because I have some thoughts about that as well when we get there. Yeah. Um, TCU also won uh, last second field goal. 
TCU is not that good, but they they went undefeated here. Um, I don't know who they play this last. I think I, I heard it today. It, Iowa State, so they should win that easily. And then the conference championship game is there a be, conference championship? Yeah, game? and they said it would be if Kansas State wins, it would be against Kansas State, and if Kansas State loses and Texas wins, it would be against Texas. And I think Kansas State is playing Kansas. I don't know who's home in that game, and. Uh, I don't recall. I think Texas is playing Baylor. All right. So. Yeah, this is rivalry week usually, so it's usually your your rival you're playing. So that yeah, sense. We, can we confirm that uh, Texas is playing Baylor? Um, I believe that they they are, and they are, and that'll be also at nine a.m. That's Friday. That's for the Friday game. So that'll be a nine a.m. Friday game, and then Kansas and Kansas State, I believe, is the Saturday night game. I think it said. Yep, the five p.m. game. So yeah, that'll be a that'll be a good one. So those uh tune in for all that. Um, yeah. So I, I think TCU is still expected to win out here. Um, although those games, I mean, they I barely they, beat Kansas State. I think if they were on a neutral field against either of those teams, I think is yeah possible. I don't know where they play the Big Twelve championship game. Probably a Jerry Jones. Stadium. Yeah, that's what I would think too. <laughs> so if it's Texas, I mean but they're literally both in Texas. They're probably TCU is probably closer oh, shit, to Jerry yeah. Jones. I was thinking, I was honestly thinking of Kansas state. That's my fault. I blanked out. Yeah, there for TCU a second. plays in Fort worth. That's yeah, where you're right. That, they, that would be their no, home. That would be, that home, would be game. home game. Yeah. Um, yeah. LSU, they won again and maybe somewhat controversial. This is, you have to get it. We'll save it. We'll save the playoff discussion for the very end. Um, but they, in the new rankings, they moved up to fifth over USC. So um, we'll talk about that. Uh, Tennessee, they lost again, but more importantly, yeah. they, they lost their quarterback, which is devastating for him. A great season, predicted to be possibly a first-round pick in the draft next year. Um, that sucks to Terry ACL was, was in this season. Probably going to at least get invited to the Heisman. Oh, yeah. That you as know? well, yeah. So uh, that's, that's rough. Great season is kind of down the drain for him. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, they'll still get a, a nice bowl game, but they're going to have to play it without their their star player. Um, USC, I said they they were sixth, which I think is a spoiler that they they won this week. Uh, really good game, very disappointing for me. I want to see UCLA win. I wouldn't say I'm a fan, but I definitely root for them. I was really upset at uh, the end of the first half. I don't know if you uh, saw this game. I, I saw pretty much the whole game. Um, I was screaming at how stupid. UCLA was acting. They um, they were up by four and had the ball coming into the, at the start of the second half, and they wanted to score again, which I understand. And they throw an interception, and it's like I don't think they should have been uh, pushing the ball that far downfield. They have an excellent running game. Uh, in that situation, you want you definitely want to score, but you also don't want to give the the other team the ball back and let them score right behind before the half. Um, so I thought they really messed up by trying to throw the ball downfield. Gets intercepted. USC gets themselves into into easy field goal up, uh, chance. Uh, and UCLA starts calling timeouts, being like, we're going to get the ball back after they kick this field goal. We're going to try to score with 40 seconds left, which is like, I don't know why you're going to try to do that. But um, UCLA gets lucky. USC misses the field goal. So UCLA takes the ball over with 40 seconds left. Uh, and they need like 40 yards to get into field goal position. So just just kneel it, you know. You're already winning. Just take the ball in, into halftime. Take get the ball at the start of the second half. Uh, no, they decide to we're gonna try to score still and throw another interception. Um, and USC is right there in field goal position again, uh, but they stall out and USC is forced to kick a 49 yard field goal uh, with a shaky kicker, and the kicker misses again. But Chip Kelly called a timeout to ice the kicker. The uh, legendary strategy of icing the kicker. <laughs> Um, and this time on the second try, the USC kicker makes the 49-yard field goal. Uh, final score, 48-45, three-point <laughs> game. I was like, I was furious at how stupid Chip Kelly was, which I, I like Chip Kelly. I think he did, got a bad I, rap in the NFL there. I think he's better than that, but I, it was just really mismanaged. I also don't, and on top of the mismanaging, I also, the icing the kicker, okay, I get that, but I also don't get it going into halftime. It's like... No. You, I, I get it. You have these timeouts. You might as well it's, use it's them. It's not a game winning kick. So the he was already, nervous. he was yeah. already exactly. He knows that if, Hey, if I miss this, it doesn't cost us the game at the moment. He was already shaky. Let him be in his own head at that moment. He was icing himself in my opinion, but uh, Chip Kelly helped him out. 
if anything, I think it helps the kicker in that situation, especially because oh, he did miss. Because now he's like, oh, wait a minute. Now it's like, he, I already did miss. He was short. He actually was short. So he knew I got to put a little bit more leg on this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. And then um, you do have to give, give credit to USC. Um, Caleb Williams will be at the Heisman. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's a two-man center. race, it looks like. It's between Caleb Williams and C.J. Stroud at looking at the current odds right now. I think C.J. Stroud is like minus 125 and Caleb Williams is like plus 120, which is the closest cat race I've seen it in a while. Yeah, yeah. usually someone solidifies themselves uh, here. But, I mean, they both got big games this weekend to make a, make a statement. USC is playing Notre Dame, who's been much better uh, in the second half of the season. So uh, that's not going to be an easy game for them. Um, and But it's a must-win game, of course. Uh, elsewhere in like the top teams here, uh, Oregon did beat Utah. It was um, close. People were, were thinking it was uh, Bo Nix not going to play. He did play, but it was still close. So uh, I think they won by a field goal. And now Oregon has to uh, beat Oregon State to make the title game here, which Oregon State's been good. They've been winning games. They've found their way back into the top 25 here, uh, probably the first time in a long time. Uh, so a nice season for them. So that game will also be uh, this Saturday, a big game for them. Although it still probably is unlikely. Oregon's not going to get into the playoff here, but um, they do want to get into that title game and, and be spoilers for USC possibly. Um, then Ole Miss uh, lost again, uh, third time in four games. But the, the big deal here was a story came out yesterday that uh, Lane Kiffin is leaving to take the Auburn job and he's going to quit uh, this week. Um he denied the report and said it's garbage and talked to his team. But Lane Kiffin has done this kind of shit over and over. Like, yeah, how many different teams, teams has he been on the last like six seasons? Like four. Keeps, yeah, he keeps moving. He was he's been, South Florida was the one uh, he went to. Florida, after, Florida Atlantic. I Florida think Atlantic. Yeah, one of those weird Floridas. Um, but yeah, even he went to Tennessee, snaked on them. Went to USC, got fired in the airport, um, <laughs> and then went back to coach Alabama the, as offensive coordinator. And now has cop teams multiple times in the second stint. Um, just a weird career for that guy. But I, I, yeah, I trust path. the report. Yeah, Auburn's a better program than Ole Miss. I, I trust that he would take that job, and, and they probably have more money. Old, old Miss's offense. I mean, Old Miss was kind of a fun offense when uh, they had that quarterback last year that uh, went to the Carolina Panthers. I think it was something like that. I forget his. Uh, I'm blanking on his name at the moment, but. He was solid in that offense, and like their offense just hasn't, you know. Lane Kiffin likes to play fast; he likes to play exciting. So I think he can try to, you know, make or- uh, Auburn maybe something fun to watch again. But uh, yeah, so you want to get into the meat and potatoes of the playoffs really quick with this? With the yeah. predictions. So right now, the top four is the four undefeated teams, which makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. We know one of those teams will lose: Ohio State or Michigan. They're not going to have a tie. Um, which means one of them will have one loss after the end of this week. Um, but right now, the number five team is a team with two losses. So would you really drop the loser of Ohio State-Michigan, especially if it's a close game, behind LSU? Probably not. I don't think you can. But also LSU has clinched the title game appearance, meaning they'll have to play Georgia, yeah. which is a likely loss for them. So they're they're there hanging around, but they're probably not really there. Um, and then USC is sixth. USC has an opportunity to win two against two good opponents, Notre Dame and Oregon, so, um, which would be great for their resume. But still, would you then move them over? Let's say it's 38-35 Ohio State wins. And Michigan's only loss in the season was a three-point loss to, to Ohio State. And on the US, road, on yeah, the road. And also. USC has had like squeakers against Oregon State and Cal and stuff like that. And their their big wins would be uh, three points over Oregon State, three points over UCLA, and like Notre Dame. Like, I, I, I it'll be an interesting question. The, I, the committee would probably put USC in there just for the new blood. But I, I agree with you. I really do. I think, I think if Michigan, I think the only way USC, or not the only way, but I think one of the big ways that USC, let's say, let's just say hypothetically right now, let's say Georgia wins out. Therefore, let's say LSU ends up with three losses. Let's say they're completely gone. Let's say TCU wins out. Um. And then let's just say for the talks of this right now, USC wins out. Whoever wins the Ohio State Michigan game is in. I for sure. I mean, I, even if I mean, unless I guess they lost to Iowa and the, the the which is what they're saying is probably going to be the team in the the Big Ten championship. But 
let's not, you know, think like that. I don't think that's going to be the case. Iowa's not very good. Um, so let's just say Ohio's, I think if Michigan does lose by what, I don't even know what the spread is on that game actually right now, but let's say Michigan loses by three or, you know, five, four points or something like that. So the current number is seven and a half. So I think if Michigan covers that and loses, and especially if it's like within like three, four points, I think they're not going to get like jumped out. But if they get blown out, that's a different story. If Ohio State goes out there and wins this game 41 to 24, that's a different story. Then, yes, an undefeated USC from here on out, Pac 12 champion, I think can steal that four spot. And then that would beg the question USC's defense hasn't been that amazing this year. They've given up points to some teams. If it was Georgia versus USC in the first round, that could be, I mean, I would, I think Caleb Williams would be able to put up some points, but. I think Georgia would be able to run up and down the field on USC. And I know that's what they're, you know, they don't want to see obviously, but I don't know. Things could get screwed up though. You never know. I mean, that's the beauty of sports. I mean, fuck LSU can win, beat Georgia in the championship game. And then what are you going to sit with? You're going to sit with a two team LSU, a two loss LSU team, but they're SEC champions. I mean, and they'd beaten yeah. the one and seed. I mean, are you going to drop Georgia out as a one loss team? Exactly. Let's get it. Yeah, that'd be it, chaos. If LSU beats Georgia in the pack, I mean, in the SEC championship game in a couple weeks, it's going to shake up a lot. And yeah, honestly, ideally, I would just like TCU to lose. <laughs> and then it can just be Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, USC. I'd be okay with that. But then you get the USC, I mean, then you get the Michigan Ohio State rematch, which I don't think they would allow. So never mind. Yeah. It, I mean, it's going to be a fun couple of weeks. That's, it is. It's, it's a lot to play out. But on the flip of that, if Michigan goes into Ohio and wins, I think that could be enough to maybe take Ohio State out of the top four because then it's going to be like, well, hey, you couldn't even beat Michigan at home. You're not worthy of playing with Georgia on, or, and Michigan on like neutral fields then or something like that. Because they're going to give a little bit of leeway to Michigan only because they're on the road. It's tough to win on the road in college, especially against the number two team in the country. There's a reason they have the spread. That's their expectations. They think they're going to lose by a touchdown. So I think if they pass uh, pass expectations, which really would be a three-point loss, that would be exceeding expectations according to the eyes of the betting world. So yeah, it'll be a, but yeah, it'll, nothing else to say other than it's going to be a very exciting weekend this weekend for comp for a rivalry week. And then it's going to be an exciting conference championship week. And then it'll be exciting to see what we're left with for the playoffs. But uh, it's going to be good this year. And I think what's going to make it all the best, Andy, is who we haven't even mentioned, is there won't be any Alabama in this uh, playoff. And that's that's a beautiful thing. What if total chaos happens? Total chaos. See, and I've thought about that. Everybody in front of them just loses. <laughs> but they're, they're hanging around. I mean, yeah, they're at seven. They are hanging around. Uh, we don't want to think like that though, because yeah. that would be quite a story. I think their losses were just too bad. I don't even remember who they were too. I know what was it, Georgia and uh, uh, Alabama, L- LSU, LSU. Yeah, they didn't play Georgia. Oh, then LSU and Tennessee, Tennessee. That's right. Which were both very close games, but I mean, but now the loss to Tennessee doesn't make them look very good now because <laughs> well, it makes it look worse. No, people understand. Yeah, do they? Um. All right. Well, that's college. Time to go pro. It yeah. is time to go pro, which is what these college guys' dreams are. Uh, we can go quick on this. I didn't write write my notes. I forgot. I kind of incomplete. Uh, but yeah, Thursday night game. The Packers lost their seventh game, which means they're they're probably out of it. To be honest, and they're probably out of it last week. But uh, that's gonna be hard. They'd have to win the rest of their games to get to ten and seven. I don't think it's gonna happen. Um, Bears lost another close one. The Falcons are still alive, uh, but they're bad. I don't know. Yeah, we got the the Bills and Browns. They, uh, I think, I'm sure we talked about last week on the podcast. This game was going to be played in the snow. Uh, well, it was so snowy that they moved this game to Detroit, which is actually ironic for Buffalo because they play in Detroit this Thursday. So I'm not sure. Yeah, if they, they probably stayed. didn't go home. Yeah, but uh, anyway, Buffalo ended up beating Cleveland 31 23. We're gonna, let's try. Yeah. We'll try to do this like it's the the fastest three <laughs> minutes or Berman, something, yeah. just so it's like um, this isn't no, the longest sports pod. I just want to say the Browns are probably eliminated too, three and seven. Deshaun yeah. Watson is coming back, but probably not. Yeah, not in time. It would have been kind of exciting if he could have come back to like a you know six and five team or something. But 
Who knows? But anyway. And their problem hasn't been quarterback either. <laughs> like, I don't know how much of an upgrade Deshaun Watson's going to be. Yeah, Brissett actually had a really nice game. Yeah. 324 for three touchdowns. And the Eagles snuck by against the Colts. They were trailing literally like the entire game. And ended up outscoring the Colts 14-3 to in the fourth quarter. Scored a touchdown on a on a run by uh, Jalen Hurts in literally the last like minute of the game. Pull out a one point victory, improved to nine and one. Colts four six and one, probably also eliminated. And then another game that's in the hot AFC East: the New England Patriots and the New York Jets played your typical New England Patriots and New York Jets game. Ten three final with. The last score coming on a punt return with what, like five seconds left or something? It, it was so bad in that in that position. The punter should be like, "I need to punt it just high. I only need like thirty five yards, and the Pats will just kneel the ball out. So, we'll go to overtime." He kicked it like a flat line drive, and I was like, "Oh no, that's not a good idea." So you know what's actually funny? What I heard today about this play is statistically, so that punt return was the first punt return of the season and the entire NFL for somebody to return a punt this year. And they said, like, this one guy actually said that the way it's gone this year, statistically, there was a better chance that he would muff or fumble the punt than run it back. And, you know, obviously, they probably just went with that. I don't know if they went specifically with that thought, but they were probably thinking, like, hey, you know, there's what if there is that slim chance he does that and or whatever. But, yeah, in that situation, I think it is smart to just – Punt it completely out of bounds, or like you said, just as high as you can, or I don't know. But anyway, Patriots won. And it, we should note that if it would have been very interesting if the Bills would have lost, because you would have had three six and four teams and a seven and three team. AFC East is somehow looking phenomenal. But moving on to a teams that are uh, not looking so phenomenal. This LA Rams lose again against the New Orleans Saints, making them three and seven. They're dead. They're about as dead Staff- as you can Stafford be. Stafford had to leave the game. Some speculation that like, well, this might be it for him. He's, he's hurt again. And he's I feel older. like I predicted this a few weeks back when I said yeah. I could see this being a situation where come week like 10, 11, if they're doing so bad, Stafford, I said, I think there's something wrong with that shoulder. I think he's banged up. I think he might be done, which also begs the question, is Cooper Cup going to be done? I mean, are you going to bring back Cooper Cup in three weeks when they're four and nine? I don't think so. Anyway, the Detroit Lions, three wins in a row now, which I don't think the Lions have been on a three-game win streak in the last – Six years, eight years, I don't even know, but it's been a minute. And they defeated the New York Giants, who are starting to come down to earth. I think that's no, they haven't they won last week, but it was close. They were down 31 to six at one point in this game. So it, don't let the final score fool you. Yeah, it was a couple uh, garbage thing, touchdowns. The Giants late. lost uh their top receiver, Wandale Robinson, to an ACL. He's out for the year. Um, but they don't have very much receiving talent. That's, that's a big loss. So yeah, they're uh they're in trouble. And uh the next game, which was a very boring game, another one, the Baltimore Ravens against the Carolina Panthers. You can just tell Baltimore did not seem to – they just needed to do what they needed to do to just get by. It was a 3-3 game going into the fourth. They end up winning 13-3. to I wouldn't take anything away from this, Baltimore. I think games like this, you just play to do what you can to win. I don't think you try to do too much. I mean, Lamar Jackson didn't even have like 40 rushing yards. I think they just – you know, you think you'd just be like, just don't get hurt. Let's do what we can to win, and they did. And, um, yeah, and another game, the Houston Texans, arguably the worst team in football. And by arguably, I mean they are. Mm-hmm. They're now 1-8-1. and one. They lose at home to the Washington Commanders, who are now 6-5, and five, and they are very much alive in the playoff hunt. Heineke's just continuing to – he wins. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's ugly fashion. It's like a Tim Tebow. It's not the best fashion, but, but he wins. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're looking pretty good. And here we go into the – AFC West. I didn't actually get to see this game, but my goodness, twenty-two to sixteen final. The the LA Ra- the Las Vegas Raiders go into Denver, and they beat the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson, and they are now both three and seven. The Broncos beat themselves. They had another Melvin Gordon fumbled at the one yard line and again. He's, he's gone, and they they said no more. You're gone. Um, but yeah, they recovered the fumble at the one yard line, only to have a like twelve yard field goal blocked right before the half. And it went to overtime. So they also had a, a scenario where they um, could have um, scored a touchdown at the end of the game and made it that much harder for the Raiders to come back. The Raiders had tied at the end. Uh, just the Broncos, just they, they mismanage yeah. everything. They're bad. 
and and now we have two teams that are three and seven. The Raiders, so. <laughs> Raiders, two of the Raiders' three wins this year are against Denver too. Just keep that in mind. So uh, Raiders wish they could play them every week. And now here was probably the biggest takeaway of the entire week. The Dallas Cowboys go into Minnesota. Going into this game, Dallas was six and three. Minnesota was eight and one. Dallas didn't just beat Minnesota, Andy. They made Minnesota look like children. I think if I'm not mistaken, they've said this is one of the biggest blowouts of the season. The Dallas Cowboys beat the Minnesota Vikings 40 to 3. 40 to 3. And that really now finally makes people believe, okay, Vikings maybe maybe they aren't that amazing. I mean, they've snuck by a couple bad teams. Their division's garbage, and the Eagles have blown them out and the Cowboys have now blown them out, which are two good teams and I'm telling you, that's why I think the Vikings are going to be the type of team that meet like Tom Brady in the first round and lose or somebody. Because I mean, they'll probably win that division. So, I mean, they'll, yeah, I don't know. Um, Yeah, we we don't know what the standings will be yet. But um, yeah, Minnesota, eight and two, yet has been, they've been outscored in the season now, which is like almost impossible. Yeah, that is actually pretty wild. I didn't think about that. That is a, wow, that is a big take. That's a hot uh, take. This game opened. I believe Cowboys by three was the opening line uh, last week. Yeah. And people were like, what? Like, this is in Minnesota. Minnesota has good home field advantage usually. Uh, that shows you that people knew Minnesota was not that good. And I so. think money – well, that was just the opening line. I think money came in on Minnesota. I want to say it yeah, closed it at like two, two and a half. So, I mean, because the same thing. Everybody's like, oh, Minnesota, like they're just not getting the respect they deserve. And it's like, no, man, they're just not that amazing. Obviously, it's like, you know, it's coming off the win against the Bills. So, it's like – People are like, no, they're good, but it's like we know that was all luck. That should have been a loss. It was, you know, they should easily be. They should be sitting seven and three right now. But uh, anyway, moving on to the AFC North, Cincinnati Bengals beat the Steelers thirty-seven thirty. If I would have told you that T.J. Watt, Fitzpatrick would be back, Steelers put up thirty on the Bengals, <laughs> you would have been like, oh, it was a good win, right? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, the, pretty impressive from Joe Burrow. They yeah, started off really bad, and uh, they're back. The Bengals are, yeah, are back. Joe Burrow had a rough game against Pittsburgh week one. They lost to them, but he he answered the bell here. And hey, I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, was I feel like it was sort of around this time last year when the Bengals started grooving a little bit. You know, they got a little hot going in the playoffs, and uh, they're doing this without their number one receiver. Joe Mixon also left the game due to a concussion. I, I think he actually might be out this week. I'm not sure on the report on that, but I know it's not looking amazing. And, uh, that, you know, that's a bummer. He's coming off his five touchdown game. And then, of course, you know, I have Joe Mixon in fantasy. I touched on that. And, of course, Perrine, their backup, scored three touchdowns. So, you know, I like to think those should have been Mixon's three touchdowns. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Whatever. But uh, the Sunday night game, the Chiefs and the Chargers, which obviously we like to call up our uh, L.A. insider, Off-Road Andy. So I'll let him take the charge, no pun intended, on this one. Uh, at least it was a good game, a good fun game. I think across the country, people probably enjoyed it and were impressed by the Chargers. Um, I know some people are like, the Chargers suck against everyone else, but then they play up to Kansas City. And it's like, you know what? It fucking helps to have Keenan Allen. I'll tell you that, okay? Like, I feel bad for Justin Herbert. Not a great season statistically, but he's been missing his top guy. And that guy is good. He is. He's not fucking Julio Jones or Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. But he's really fucking good. He helps the team out a lot. And it sucked that he has only played like half of a quarter uh, before this game. So I think he really helped him out. Um, but yeah, just really depressing game for me. I was just so – I wasn't mad. I was just sad. I'm like, I'm going to have to deal with this. The next 15 years of my life is Patrick Mahomes is inevitable. He will come and he will take your life from you. <laughs> he is the Terminator. It is just – there's nothing you do about it. It's just like this is what it is. Herbert's great. He's not Mahomes, so you're just stuck with it. Um, Maybe one day they'll just, Mahomes they, will lose all his weapons. Well, I mean they've 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 beaten the Chiefs before, but like he will always be there. And yet, will he lose his weapons? He lost his weapons today. Aside from Kelsey, all their other receivers died, and it was like it doesn't matter. I'll just go to Kelsey every yeah, that's time. That's true because he like, he did have 20 completions, and only six of them were to Kelsey. Although six of those were three touchdowns. So I mean, well, hey Andy, the Chargers are five and five. Very much. They have the easiest schedule the remaining, too. The, the Chiefs are gone. I, the, as long as their hopeful. offense is getting healthy, I think they, they can sneak in. And then hopefully they don't have to worry about the Chiefs or Bills until like the second round or something. Because oh, I dude. think a healthy Chargers team can knock out like the Ravens in the first round or something. There, there is hope. And that hope is that they're getting healthier. Maybe Bosa will be back in a few weeks. Um, Mike Williams came back and then got hurt immediately. It's like, 
it, it was crazy. I don't know if you saw that play. I didn't. But it was like he has a high ankle sprain, and they threw like a jump ball to him. An amazing sideline catch. Oh, I did see that catch. Having actually. to like tiptoe, yeah. which means put stress on your ankles. And it was like, oh, great catch, 15 yards, but all right. Go back out. That was bad. Yeah, Mike Williams um, is one of the best at actually keep uh, tiptoeing his feet around the line. It was pretty incredible catch, but you know, he hurt, hurt yeah. his ankle again. Well, you know, there's hope. Hopefully, they get healthy at the right time. That's what it matters. It doesn't matter how you start; it matters how you finish, and yeah. that goes through a lot of things in life, and especially in the NFL. Speaking of a team that maybe started a little slow, that I think is going to get really hot. They're still they're the team I like the most right now, and that's the San Francisco 49ers. They go into not Arizona, but into Mexico. And beat the Arizona Cardinals 38-10. to 10. They just have too much weapons right now. I mean, Garoppolo, you know, 20 of 29, 228 with four touchdowns. You know, he had, you know, Samuel and McCaffrey, they just run all over the field. You just can't even keep up with where they're at. Samuel's the receiver, lines up receiver, McCaffrey's in the backfield. And the next thing you know, Samuel's the running back and McCaffrey's lined up in the slot. And then Mitchell came in, nine carries for 59 yards. I mean, he was running the ball well. Uh, the Niners just look good. They really do. And I really do still think, because I still think the NFC is not as strong as the AFC. I'm not, I'm still, I still think the Eagles, and I think we found out the Vikings are just mirages up there. And I think the best team in the AFC, uh, NFC, they, it won't be record wise, but I think the 49ers are the all around best team in the NFC. I think they're on their way to. I don't know if I'll give them that, I won't give them that title yet, but give me another month with them. And I think they will be. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah, you look at, yeah, I, I think they'll be good. Or they're going to continue to be good. They're atop of the division now, tied with Seattle. But, you know, I don't think that'll last too much longer. I think they'll eventually take control of this division within the next four weeks. And they actually play a big game at Seattle in three weeks or four weeks, four games. And uh, 5-15, so that means that's the Monday night. That's going to be a Monday night football game. Or a Thursday night. I don't know what day the 15th is on. Uh, it's got to be a Thursday. Yeah. yeah, because I think Christmas is on a Sunday. And by think, I mean, I know Christmas is on a Sunday. Yeah, but that's uh, some fun games for them. Um, and also, yeah, the it's not a Sunday night game, but we are in the uh, the flex season right now. This, uh, Ooh, Sunday this Chargers game change. This Chargers game was a flex. Ooh. I forgot what the game was supposed to be. Maybe that Pittsburgh game. Pittsburgh Bengals. Um, but I thought it was a worse game. But it was like good move, good move on them to uh, do the flex. And you know what? That that makes sense because Chargers. That was two Sunday night games in a row, and that's when you start to see it, uh, start to see uh, um, stuff like that. Which I always enjoy the flex because it's true. That's how it should be. You know, it should be. Uh, it should be. You know, they. Uh, it shouldn't just be the game that you scheduled in um, May or whatever because you thought these were going to be the top teams. It's like you know, schedules change. You know, people want the ratings. They end up seeing it. So, uh, yeah, that was a good call. And, uh, yeah, I think that'll uh, yeah, we're done. wrap us up for uh, this episode of the Tony's Take podcast. All right, very good. You've been listening to episode 298 of the Tony's Take podcast. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we had Off-Road Andy. Thank you. And Tony Katz. Yes, thanks for listening. We'll see you later.